Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for coming today. And thank you, Pastor Mark, for allowing me again the opportunity to bring today's message. And happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Now, while I was searching for the message and asking the Holy Spirit for direction and guidance on what to share today, Father's Day played a part of that. But believe me, today's message is for us all. So how many times have you attempted to fix something and or build something and you found yourself at a standstill because you discovered that you didn't have the right tool? It could have been something as simple as you needed a pair of scissors to cut something that you couldn't tear or or possibly uh, you needed a jackhammer when all you had was a rubber mallet or Sometimes you've used the jackhammer when all you needed was a rubber mallet, right? Don't put your hand up. (laughs) Now, if you stop and think about it, each one of us, each day, we use tools. If you think about the breakfast you had this morning, you used a fork and knife. Tools, right? The right tools for the right job. And, you know, while you might have used a spatula to prepare your eggs benedict, you wouldn't use a spatula as a food delivery tool to your mouth, right? Unless, of course, you're that person that already put your hand up once. (laughs) So too many times in my life, and I'm sure yours as well, I have found myself in a position of reaching for the wrong tool at the wrong time. The consequences that followed were a bruised thumb or an achy kneecap or possibly both. But the consequences of not using the tools that God has provided me with, uh, instead of, you know, I, I tried to make things happen on my own, using my own set of tools, my own wisdom uh, with those tools, that causes great harm in my personal life, both physically and spiritually. And, and not only that, but when we take control and attempt to do things in our own abilities, with our own tools, we often leave a trail of destruction behind us. Now, when we leave Jesus out of our plans, things get messy and feelings get hurt. Relationships get destroyed. That's doing things in our own strength. And it has nothing to do with the enemy attacking us. We like to blame the enemy Too many times for when the many messes that we've created, we've created them all on our own using our tools. Now, when we do include the Lord in our plans and seek his will and his plans using the tools that he's given us, that's when the enemy will take notice. And believe me, it's during these times that you will want to make sure you are using the right tools, the tools that you've been provided with from our Lord to be ready for that imminent attack from the enemy. In 1 Peter 5, 8, we read, be sober, well-balanced and disciplined, be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Now picture that for a moment. You're standing in the middle of a field of tall grass. The wind is gently blowing and the sun is beaming down on your face. The sky is a vibrant blue and you can hear the birds chirping in the distant trees. And all of a sudden you realize something. You realize that you are standing completely 
naked. Now, you're all alone, and at that very moment, you hear something. You hear a roar, a penetrating roar, and you begin to see the grass move. And end scene, right? Do you get the picture? The good news, though, is Jesus did not leave you defenseless. And in fact, it's completely opposite. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you to listen closely today to this message. And if you're yet to commit to follow him, I really want to urge you even more so to listen to the words spoken today, because I want to let you know something that you are in a battle. Now, some days you may think that you're in the worst battle of your life. And some days are like rainbows and flowers, right? But the battle is for real. It's a 24-7, 365, 366 on a leap year battle for your soul for eternity. If you've been living your life in your own strength, doing things your own way, using the tools that you think will get the job done or fix that problem on your own. Now, I'm not talking about that leaky sink or or that flat tire, but rather what I'm talking about is that unforgiving heart or that, that prideful attitude. This message will equip you to seek the Lord, to repent, and to be ready for the attack of the enemy. We read in John 10.10, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I come came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Know that there is an enemy that seeks to destroy you, prowling and waiting to catch you off guard. It has nothing to do with who you are, but it has everything to do with whose you are. Our Lord has equipped you and us to live the abundant life, a victorious life. In 1 John 5, 4, we read, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Through Christ and only in Christ are we able to claim victory. That does not mean that the enemy is going to cease tempting us into sin, that the enemy will stop to try from attacking us, to destroy us, as we read, to steal, kill, and destroy? No, not at all. Well, then what shall we do? Well, let us read today's verse. Thank you, Jordan, for reading that, by the way. In, found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. And while you're getting there, please open your Bibles, read along with me, open your Bible app. While you're getting there, I'm reading from the Amplified. Now, if you want to join me with uh, your Bible app today, or if you've got an Amplified version, pull it out. Because what I find is that it really helps me understand the, the, the meat of what is trying to be uh, learned and communicated to us through God's word. So it's a little bit longer, but I assure you that you will be blessed from its reading. Beginning in verses 10. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. And in the power of his boundless might, put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavenly armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and strategies and the deceits of the devil. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. Now let's stop there for a minute. We struggle against what? Now, when we read this so far, it sounds like a science fiction movie or some dystopian novel. Our everyday lives, the lives we live, where we can see, we can feel, we can touch, what we just read is so far removed from our day-to-day lives. But yet, this battle is very real. Often, life just seems, well, for lack of a better word, uneventful. If someone's life is at risk, that's when we pay attention, we put on the armor of God. But, you know, in our daily lives, is the armor of God even necessary? Now, I hope you're shaking your head yes. And you've said amen, because that is the correct answer. Yes and amen, it is. And you see, it it isn't the big stuff that usually trips us, right? It's that small stuff, the day in, day out experiences that can ever so slowly draw us away from God and place us right into enemy territory. That small stuff, that is the enemy's specialty in causing us to stumble, to trip, and to fall in our faith walk. So let's continue reading. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable and victorious. So stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth, personal integrity, moral courage around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, an upright heart and having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with the firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times on every occasion and in every season in the spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. Amen. One thing I want to point out and stress is we are instructed to put on the complete, the full armor of God. See, you don't get to pick and choose what you want to wear today or tomorrow. It's not a fashion show. You know, I think today I'll leave my shield behind and I'll take an umbrella, right? Wrong tool, wrong time. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. Our weapons are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. You have been equipped with the right tools, the full armor. Now, we are in a battle against an unseen enemy who very much would like us to forget that he is out there prowling in the tall grass, waiting for us to neglect to armor up. 
So let's begin with the belt of truth. Now in Roman armor, it was a girdle which was called a, a boltus. It was a belt made of uh, heavy metal and a thick leather. It also had a protective portion that went below the waistline. So a soldier could also place his sword and his dagger in the belt and, and it would free both of his hands up for whatever reason, hand-to-hand -hand combat, who knows. But putting on God's Truth means living according to his word, being honest as we live out our faith. Now, truth, truth grounds us and reminds us of our identity in Christ. And truth can only be found in God's word and through Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Now, to know this truth is to be able to protect ourselves against ourselves, against the world and against the enemy who is the father of lies. I'm sure there have been times in your life where you, you get others' views on a certain matter and, and you also have your own view on that matter. Now, you may have all the facts you may have all the information and, and you may even be attached to this situation emotionally, but you can have all these things and still not yet know the truth. Jesus said in John eight thirty two, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the truth is he and he alone. Like with any tool, there's directions and, and instructions to follow. So one life application of truth is to dig daily into God's word. If you're facing a battle, memorize scripture that specifically combats that particular thing, that struggle or that attack. Look up Bible verses on you fill in the blanks, whatever that thing is, that struggle or attack, and look up those verses and find them and memorize them and speak them forth when the enemy attacks you. Paul then directs us to put on the breastplate of righteousness. This piece is to guard the vital organs of your body. Righteousness is a gift from God that was given to us through the cross. Uh, that's where our sins were covered by Christ's blood. And God sees us as righteous because of Jesus' self-sacrifice. We protect our heart when we put on the breastplate of righteousness and we acknowledge our need to remain living a life free from sin. As followers, we have no righteousness other than what has been given to us by Jesus. Our breastplate is his righteousness and his righteousness never fails. Now, how can you actively engage with the breastplate of righteousness? Well, start by identifying unrighteous activities in your life. And let me tell you that these activities weaken you. For some, it could be what you read, what you watch, uh, what you, uh, how you speak, and who you hang with. Those could be unrighteous activities in your life. You fill in the blank once again. You know what your struggle is. The challenge is this. Will you stop that behavior or will you continually and intentionally expose yourself to a moral behavior? Because when you do, you allow the enemy's attacks to have an impact in your life and you become weakened and you become an easy target. We read in 1 John 1, 9, 
If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Paul then instructs us next to have our feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, contrary to what you may have thought previously, uh, these are not sandals. These are not flip flops. Okay, the Roman soldier's boot was called a caligae and and they were designed for long treks, long marches over every type of terrain. They also had spikes on the bottom of the soles, which provided a firm footing, a firm foundation. Now, it's been said that these soldiers' boots were the secret of the Roman conquest. Battles were won and lost simply based on the choice of the footwear of the armies. The gospel, the good news of salvation, gives us the stability, our sound footing. The gospel is our firm foundation. It is, in fact, why we are able to march over the rough terrain of life without giving up. As followers of Christ, we have an assured peace in knowing we are secure in what Jesus has done for us. We read in Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful and delightful on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news who announces peace, who brings good news of good things, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Armed with the truth and pure hearts, we are invited to be on mission by our Lord as there is always work to be done in his kingdom. We are to be ready for action, moving in harmony with the Holy Spirit. We are to be prepared in season and out of season to preach the word. We read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, preach the word as an official messenger. Be ready when the time is right, and even when it is not, keep your sense of urgency. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether convenient or inconvenient, welcome or unwelcome, correct those who err in doctrine or behavior, warn those who sin, exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. Did you hear that? Inexhaustible patience. Now I can hear some of you right now praying for more patience. I get that. You you and I as followers of Christ We're called to share the gospel of peace at any and all times, being open to the Holy Spirit's leading. We don't accomplish anything in our own strength. As we read in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's called the gospel of peace because when you are saved, you not only get peace with God, but you get peace for your movements and directions in life as well. God will show you how to move through the circumstances of life so you can avoid and overcome the attacks of the enemy. Now, putting peace into practice requires action. First, you can begin by preaching the gospel to yourself daily. Remind yourself of the amazing grace that you have received because of what was accomplished through the cross. Because of Christ in you, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, don't keep this good news 
to yourself. Share it with others. Share your testimony, your story. Share about how God changed you, set you free from pride, from lust, from uh, idolatry, from you fill in the blank once again. And you know, and share it, share it unashamedly and share it boldly because of what Christ has done for us. Share it boldly. In Revelations 12, verse 11, we read, they triumph over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Share your testimony boldly. In addition, let your life display what we refer to as the fruit of the spirit as we find in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. The way you walk through life, your witness is seen by many and it is the witness of Christ in you and you in Christ that people are seen. Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Next, we must take up the shield of faith, one of the most advanced and dangerous weapons of ancient warfare were fiery darts. Now these darts, the tips of them, they'd be wrapped in a flax or, or a hemp fiber and they'd dip them into a, a flammable pitch and then set them on fire before releasing them at their enemies. Now the wooden shields uh, that the soldiers used were called scutums and they were large enough to protect the entire body. They wouldn't catch fire because they were wrapped in multiple layers of hide that would self-extinguish the flames. The soldier's shield was so big that his entire body could hide behind it. God has given us such a shield, so big that it can cover your whole life. Your shield is to be used against these attacks, and the name of your shield is faith. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. It's acting like it is so, even when it's not so, in order that it might be so, because God said so. Are you dizzy? Well, let me read it to you from Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We believe in God, though we cannot see him with our eyes. We believe he can do the impossible and, and is more powerful than anything the enemy can throw at us, from fiery darts to flaming missiles. We put our faith into action, as James suggests in James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26, and you can go read that on your own later, as we, as we go about making disciples and doing good deeds. When those darts and missiles try to penetrate and destroy your heart, you can extinguish them with God's word over your circumstance. The Bible is full of promises that you can claim and that you can proclaim. Here's just a few. He will never forsake you. He will meet all your needs. Call on him and he will answer. He will make your path straight. Amen. And there's so many more. Good book to read called the Bible. Another life application of the use of our shield is to link together with one another. Remember, we're better together, right? It's not just something I say to close off the end of our services online. Uh, it's something that I live by that, and I desire to see lived out in my family, in my church family, and in the family of God. We are indeed better together. So a soldier's shield was 
strongest when it was linked together with another. The scutum was six feet tall and designed to interlock with other shields. In the same way, we can lock our shields together with other believers. As we share our burdens, our struggles, our weaknesses with fellow followers, as we get intimate and share our private areas. Are we, as we share about the areas that we're being attacked, we can then link together, pray with one another and for one another. And our faith is strengthened. And for, uh, we know that Christ is with us as we read in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So next onto our noggin our head, which is one of the most vulnerable areas. Without a helmet, one blow to the head would prove fatal in battle. The soldier's helmet, a galet, covered his entire head, his face also between the eyes, providing protection for the whole head. When the Bible talks about the helmet of salvation, it's talking about taking thoughts captive, and controlling what penetrates our mind. The helmet of salvation is the most important piece of armor, for without the Holy Spirit who enters a believer at the moment of salvation, all other armor is useless. Without salvation, there's no victory. And with no victory, we're defeated before we begin the battle. But, but, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our head is where our, our thought life resides. And this is an area that the enemy is very crafty in entering and uses things such as fear and hatred, suspicion, depression, mistrust, false doctrines, and a limitless list of mental attack weapons. The helmet of salvation provides us safety from the destructive power of the evil one and his forces. Now, salvation is not only the forgiveness of past sins, it is the strength to overcome and conquer present and future sins. We can have confidence that nothing, not even our own thoughts, can separate us from the love of God. For we read in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And then in verse 38 to 39, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. The word salvation means to be delivered. We have been delivered into eternity with God from eternal judgment. God has also given us the tools to be delivered from the attacks of the enemy. In Romans 12, 2, we read, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The mind is a battleground, and we must do as God's word directs us and renew our mind with his word, we also read in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we read that we are to think spiritual thoughts based on spiritual words. And this means open God's word, 
learn what it says, meditate on what you read, make those your thoughts. Your helmet is positioned correctly. So then what shall we think about? Well, a great place to start is where we recently ended in our Anxious for Nothing series with uh, the verse Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Rest assured, you can stand firm knowing that you have been delivered because of salvation through Christ. When you know without a doubt that you are going to heaven because of what Christ did on the cross, not even death can defeat you. So far, the armor that we've talked about has been for defensive purposes, protecting us against the attacks. Now, moving on, the gladius was the name of the Roman sword, and it was a deadly weapon in the hands of a skilled soldier. Used correctly, it could pierce through an opponent's armor easily. In battle, a gladius was used for a direct frontal attack. Now, the enemy will come at you with any means to attack your life, your family, your mind, your world, and all your circumstances. God does not leave us defenseless. We have also been given a sword, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, which is both a defensive and offensive weapon. In Hebrews 4.12, we read, For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person, and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. In Matthew 4, we can read the account of Satan attacking Jesus. What weapon did Jesus use to send the devil packing? Well, Jesus used scripture to defeat Satan. Each time he was tempted, he replied with scripture that delivered defeat to the enemy. The more of God's word that you can thrust from your lips, the more effective you can be in the battle. Since the word of God is Jesus, when you use the word against the enemy, Jesus fights the battle for you. The application of using the sword in our lives is to simply immerse yourself in the word of God. Use Jesus' example when you come under attack by the enemy. Know, for it is written that I am an overcomer. Know, devil, for it is written that if Jesus set me free, I am free indeed. No father of lies, for it is written, greater is he who is in me than you. Be gone, Satan. Amen, right? That's how we use the word of God. Now, often this is where the teaching about the armor of God ends. But thankfully, we have been equipped with a complete battle plan. We continue reading in Ephesians 6.18 and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the lord's people bring prayer to the battle prayer is god's mean of communicating from heaven to earth when you are under spiritual attack in james 4 7 it says submit yourselves then to god resist the devil and he will flee from you in prayer equipped with the full armor 
of God, with their complete armor, we are rooted in God's strength and in his presence, which without, we simply have no power to fight in our own abilities. When we pray, we demonstrate our full reliance on God, for he has the victory, and through him and him alone can we stand firm and stand victorious. Now, putting on God's armor starts by giving our lives fully and completely to Jesus every day, worshiping him, calling him master, calling him father and spirit, knowing that he is the one who equips us for the battle. And I'd like to close this morning and a little something different rather than taking our two. What I want to do is close this morning with a prayer and welcome you to join me in reading it aloud wherever you are. Would you do that with me today? Let's join together because we are indeed better together. And let's as a church family speak aloud together these words. And I pray that they will resonate with you, within your spirit, within each one of us listening today. Would you do that with me? Let's do that right now. Equip me, Lord, with the belt of truth. May your truth rule in my heart and be in my mind and on my lips today. Equip me, Lord, with the breastplate of righteousness. Apart from you, there is no righteousness, but through Jesus, I have been born again and made righteous in your sight. May I live as a righteous person. Equip me, Lord, with feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. May I reflect the gospel in my words and actions, that through me, with my every encounter, others may be drawn one step closer to you. Equip me, Lord, with the shield of faith. May I take you at your word concerning promises about the present and future, promises of everlasting love, abundant life, and so much more. Equip me, Lord, with the helmet of salvation. Remind me that nothing can separate me from your love and that I've been saved by grace. In your grace, help me to say no to all ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright and godly life. Equip me, Lord, with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. May your Holy Spirit reign in my life and bring to my mind just the right verses to be in my heart and on my lips. May I be filled with the Spirit and ready with Scripture as you were, Jesus, when the devil tempted you. And finally, Keep me in an attitude of prayer. Remind me to pray in the spirit on all occasions. Cause me to be alert and always praying for God's people to be joyful and to give thanks in everything. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. 
Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. And we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at The Gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.